Good morning, patrons, and welcome to another episode of A Universe of Stories. Get your hiking boots on and don't forget your sunscreen, because today we're getting in touch with nature. Here to tell us about Tennessee's best asset, the state park system, is state naturalist Randy Hedgepath. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So I'd first love to know what a state naturalist is and what your day-to-day job looks like. Well, uh, the state naturalist for Tennessee State Parks uh, is a statewide programmer. Uh, I do a variety of different uh, programs about nature and about state parks and and history and culture as well. Uh, But I work statewide, so I go to all the different parks. We have 56 parks spread out across the state, and and I have done programs in most of them. Uh, And I guess I'm a liaison, you might say, between groups and state parks, too. Organizations such as the Sierra Club or Tennessee Parks and Greenways Foundation have me do um, walks for the uh, for their groups, and uh, I try to maintain good relations with with all of our groups, interest groups that uh, have state parks on their agenda. Very nice. So, did you always know that you were destined to work in nature with the last name like Hedgepath? Yeah, I didn't make that up. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I grew up on a farm in West Tennessee. Okay. So I think I was sold on being outside and working in nature because of being a farm boy. Uh, my mom told me that um, when I was a baby, she would take me out and put me on a quilt while she hung out the clothes on the line. And instead of the toys she would bring out, I would play with the, the leaves and the sticks and the acorns. Uh, so I guess from early, early days, I was interested in the natural world around me. Yeah, and it, it helped shape your, your life path and your career now. Sure, sure. Uh, my goal, uh, w- first thing I did when I went to college was pick a major that I wasn't interested in, psychology. Ah. But psychology uh, taught me to set goals. And I set the goal of having a job outside uh, in a beautiful place yeah. and getting paid for it. Exactly. Find something that you love and find a way to get paid for it. It's pretty yes. much the best advice I was given and when I, I was younger. I think, I think I succeeded in that. I think so, too. So in Tennessee, I know that we have a lot of parks. How many in total do we actually have? We have 56 state parks. Wow. Uh, But we also uh, manage 85 natural areas, some of which are part of parks, some are standalone, uh, some are privately owned. But uh, we have a system of natural areas and parks. Uh, There are many kinds of parks in Tennessee. There's nine national park service units, uh, each county and each city a lot of them have a park system of their own and even TWRA maintains uh, land uh, for wildlife management or uh, hunting areas and fishing areas. Okay. So growing up I spent a lot of my youth in Fall Creek Falls just walking up to the big Falls Overlook and then all the swinging bridges to get back down to the creek at the Nature Center. I know Fall Creek Falls is not the only park with waterfalls so how many are there out there to explore? Just a rough estimate. Gosh, we have hundreds, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't have an accurate number about that. But uh, we're competing with North Carolina for the most. Okay. But I think uh, if we actually did a uh, on-the-ground count, we would be on top. Uh, but we have a lot of waterfalls that uh, are listed on a, a website. The University of Tennessee uh, lists over 100. Uh, and I think there's more than that. Uh, but most of the waterfalls are concentrated in uh, East Tennessee, the Cumberland Plateau area. Uh, is the best, and you noted Fall Creek Falls, that's on the Cumberland Plateau, hmm. South Cumberland State Park, and um, the um, natural areas, Piney, C- 
Creek and Northrop Falls at um, Colditz Cove Natural Area are all great examples of waterfalls on the Cumberland Plateau. Now we do have a few on the Western Highland Rim uh, down near uh, um, Mount Pleasant uh, going toward Lawrenceburg on 43 Highway, there's a, a little natural area called Stillhouse Hollow Falls State mm. Natural Area. A beautiful little waterfall coming off of the, the limestone of the Western Highland Rim. And uh, there are some along the Natchez Trace Parkway that we don't own, but they're part of the, the Natchez Trace Parkway, a national park unit. That's, not, that's the perfect little name for it, I think. <laughs> Sounds very picturesque. Yes. So we have a varied list of plants that grow in each of our areas of Tennessee. Could you talk about how a park in East Tennessee might be a little bit different than a park in Middle Tennessee or even West Tennessee? Yes, we have such a variety of habitats in Tennessee, all the way from the Mississippi floodplain to the highest points in the east of the United States. Uh, so the ball cypress uh, forest in the swamplands of West Tennessee are uh, incredible places to see wildlife. It is just teeming with wildlife. Uh, Middle Tennessee with the cedar glades, you know, uh, kind of a desert habitat. So you'd have uh, plants that are adapted to a very dry conditions. Uh, and then East Tennessee, uh, you have the mountains, which is the most biologically diverse part of the entire North American continent. Uh, and we have a park called Roan Mountain, which is connected with a, uh, an area on the top of the mountain, which has a Canadian style um, mm. or a type of habitat uh, with red squirrels and, and Appalachian cottontails uh, and wildflowers you don't find in other parts of the state. Uh, one of my favorite things to do <clears throat> is to go to the top of Roan Mountain in June and see the Catawba rhododendron in bloom. It is a spectacular sight of uh, the purple flowers uh, covering the mountaintop. That sounds really, really nice, actually. It is beautiful. So did everybody get that, Roan Mountain? <laughs> Roan Mountain State Park. We have <laughs> uh, campground and, and cabins for, uh, for base in your uh, excursion there uh, to the top of the mountain, which is about eight miles from the main part of the park. To see the rhododendron is well worth the drive. So in June? In June is when the flowers bloom. Yeah, there's some left into July. But the, the main part of the blooming of the Catawba rhododendron <laughs> is late June. They have a uh, rhododendron festival in the, the little community just outside of the park, Roan Mountain, Tennessee. Oh, wow. They have a, a rhododendron festival to celebrate the blooming of the flowers on the mountaintop. That's really cool. Thank you for mentioning that. So since you know so much about our state parks, do you have a favorite park? Or is that like trying to ask someone with a bunch of kids which is their favorite child? Exactly. <laughs> Without insulting anyone? Yes, I, I don't want to let any of my parks <laughs> down. Uh, I, I love them all. They all have special uh, meanings and, and special places that I love to go see. And uh, the rangers and managers and employees at each park are wonderful people that I love to see when I go there. Uh, if I had to pick one, though, if you pinning me down just a little bit just uh, putting a little bit of pressure on you yeah i will i would pick the one that i was uh, a ranger in for 16 years well that makes sense uh, before i became the state naturalist i worked for 25 years as a regular park ranger in in state parks and uh, 16 years of that uh, was spent at uh, south cumberland state park which is on the south part of the cumberland plateau numerous waterfalls some of the best spring wildflower displays anywhere in the state are there at South Cumberland. It still seems more like home than mm. any other park I go to. Uh, I love to go down there and help out with programs 
today. I bet, yeah, after 16 years, it would kind of be like another home for you. Yes, so indeed. Th that's a very safe choice to make. I think it was the wise <laughs> choice to make. <laughs> when I think about going to one of our parks, I think about picnics and just walking the trails. But our parks offer lots of activities, especially in the summertime. What great things can we look forward to happening across Tennessee? Mm. Well, all of our Tennessee State Park Rangers are certified interpretive guides. That means they have been trained in programming and they offer really wonderful high-quality nature programs uh, that everyone can enjoy um, about a wide variety of subjects. And in the summertime, we hire uh, about 50 seasonal interpretive rangers from colleges across the state to augment that and, and concentrate on the campgrounds and the stay-use facilities in the parks and, and uh, give um, children uh, great nature programs to get them going uh, as lovers of nature and appreciators of the state parks. Right. Uh, so I just travel the state and do it everywhere <laughs> where the rangers that are stationed at all the different parks and the seasonals uh, are concentrating on their area and doing programs. Of course, uh, we have something for everyone in our parks. We, uh, if you just wanted to go and, and camp in a campground, uh, listen to the, the crackling fire and and maybe uh, hear the night sounds of the owls and the and the spring peepers, like, um, can I do a, a call Absolutely. for you? Uh, the spring peepers um, call in the early, early spring, and if you're out in the parks at, in the evening, sometimes in the daytime, they will <whistles> just imagine a hundred of those going at the same time, <laughs> and you get a symphony. And uh, waking up in a campground in an early morning, uh, and hearing the symphony of the birds in the springtime when they're all trying to establish their their uh, territories and proclaim their rights as birds. Uh, the <laughs> symphony in the morning, early morning in a campground is breathtaking with all the different birds singing. Wow, that was a really good impression. Well, thank you. And uh, uh, one of the first impressions that I learned was from my predecessor, Mac Pritchard, who was state naturalist for many, many years. Uh, he impressed me doing a slideshow once for a group of people. He was showing pictures and, and talking about how conservation needs to be practiced and, and nature in general. And he ended with a picture of a barred owl. And he did, <coughs> and other audience members jumped up and looked around. Like, oh, my God, there's a, there's a bird in here. Uh, but I was so impressed with that that I decided I would like to do something like that. I would like to be the state naturalist, and I finally got the time. Well, there you go. And he got to hand down that tradition. Yes. <laughs> bird yeah. noises. He's, he's still an inspiration, and uh, uh, go see him once in a while. Very cool. But I think it's, I think it's really... It's a wonderful thing that you do the activities with the kids because you're instilling in them a passion for nature so that they can, the tradition can live on. And maybe one of those little kiddos will, you know, maybe one day they'll be the, you know, the naturalist. Yes, naturalist. I think it's very important for uh, children to, to have uh, activities in the outdoors. Uh, we don't want to leave them behind, as the, right. the book said, the no child left inside. Yeah. <laughs> we want to get them out to experiencing nature because uh, it's inspiring, it's, it's healthful, uh, and if they love it, our parks are better protected. Um, and yes, you noted something that I think is very important. A lot of our park rangers, if you ask them uh, why they decided to go into working for state parks or working in conservation or nature, they will... Uh, 
probably tell a story of going on a walk with a ranger when they were little and having a new hero. And That's I'm, wonderful. I'm so proud that uh, uh, I can be a, a little bit of a hero to some children. Right. Well, hey, speaking of stories, I've heard from a little birdie told me, not a barn owl, <laughs> but I've heard that you have many great stories about some of our parks. Are there any that you could share with us today? Oh, gosh, well, uh, stories are uh, very abundant. Uh, but uh, I'll tell the story of a, a kid that uh, still kind of brings tears to my eyes uh, when I recount it. Uh, I hope I don't get sobby on the, <laughs> no <laughs> the interview here. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, 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 please do. <laughs> uh, when I was uh, a seasonal, uh, also, uh, you know, most of our rangers are selected from the ranks of seasonal employees that we hire every summer. Um, 80% of them come from those. If We try them out as seasonals. So I was tried out as a seasonal at David Crockett State Park in Lawrenceburg. And at David Crockett, my programs uh, were concentrating on history. Uh, I dressed up in an outfit like Crockett could have worn. Uh, I gave a demonstration of the musket. I ground corn on an old stone grist mill. And I did some nature programs too. And I had a lot of clientele that would come back uh, uh, again and again. But there was one little girl uh, I think she was seven years old, and she, her mom said, begged just about every day to come to the park and, and go on a program. And she was usually there. So she became, eh. at the time, you know, I was trying to do these programs, and she was always hanging and, and, and uh, following me around. And uh, I'll admit, I, I got a little annoyed, but I tried to be as nice as possible and, and not destroy her uh, enthusiasm. And then, about 25 years later, I was asked to come and do a picture show for the Nashville Photographers Club. And it was downtown Nashville, uh, just south of downtown. And I did the picture show, and it was about 100 people there. And after the show, people were coming up and asking questions about the places they had seen. And, and uh, about the last person that came up was this lady. And, she said, uh, you have no reason to remember me because I'm definitely different looking now than I was when I was seven years old. But thank you. Aw. That's a very good story. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. No, it's good. That's wonderful that she was able to see you again, though. And you see, just like we were talking about you, gave her that kind of passion. She remembered you. Yeah, what I couldn't get out was, she said, you, may, you have no reason to remember me, but I remember you because when I was seven years old, you were my hero. Oh, that's a really good story. As a librarian, I have to ask you this, and this is going to be our last question, but I must ask, do you have a favorite book that you could recommend to our readers? A favorite book? Yes. Or even just one that kind of ties into what we're talking about, or just one that you would like to recommend to our listeners. Oh, I think the uh, the books that I read as part of my uh, curriculum at University of Tennessee at Martin um, included a book by Aldo Leopold called The Sand County Almanac. Uh, that has to be one of my favorites. Um, books by Edward Abbey. Um, kind of a radical environmentalist. But, <laughs> 
but uh, his books were inspiring. And Interpreting Our Heritage by Freeman Tilden has been kind of my guide to being a, a programmer of, uh, in state parks. Those are good choices, especially with what we're talking about today. Okay. All right. So and uh, something, uh, birding has become just about the top outdoor pursuit of people in America. And I wanted to point out that most birding is done with your ears uh, because uh, on a windy day or those little warblers in the top of trees are, are really hard to find with your binoculars. But in the, in the springtime, they're all singing their song. So you don't have to see them to appreciate them. You can hear them all proclaiming their, their presence and their ownership of their little plot of land. And uh, we have this wonderful program out at Radnor Lake. Now, I don't think I told you, but um, after I was at South Cumberland State Park for 16 years, I went on for another nine years of uh, regular park ranger job at Radnor Lake Natural Area near Nashville. And the park manager there, uh, Steve Ward, uh, has two parents uh, that are deaf. So he knows sign language really well. So if we have any uh, people that wanted to come out and have a nature program with uh, sign language, Steve Ward will be the one to call. He does a wonderful job on that. And, but any of our park rangers are, are great at doing their programs. We've trained them all. Uh, but uh, they, can, they can help with uh, um, appreciating other senses besides just vision. We have uh, all the birds singing. We have the streams and the waterfalls cascading down across rocks um, and the smells. Uh, I like, as I walk along a trail, to, to take a leaf from the spice bush and crush it up and let people smell the wonderful aroma of a spice bush. Uh, so things like that, uh, our park rangers and our seasonals can, can help visitors with. Um, we always try to involve more than just one sense. Right. And that's kind of the beauty of nature. It's not just one thing. Right. It's everything all together, which is why it's so impactful. Yeah, and if, if somebody uh, has to endure the sound of the interstate <laughs> in their backyard, uh, going to a park like Pickett State Park, where you will not hear anything but natural sounds, uh, is a real treat. It's a nice vacation. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, for coming in today. We absolutely appreciate it, and I know we've learned a lot about nature, and I'm excited to maybe go and visit one of the parks myself, ask for a tour, right? Sure. <laughs> ask for you by name and ask for a tour, and I'm sure it'd be amazing. But thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure.